This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas Minisode. I'm Kurt Brownoller. I'm Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. We love the Minisodes. Are you kidding we me? We love them. It's just, a, it's just two buds hanging out, talking about some fucking crazy stories sent in by our guests. I'm sorry. I mean, by our listeners. I'm sorry I said the F-bomb right there. I didn't need to. I didn't need I to. I like that you called them guests, though, because we welcome them. They, they could sit at the table with <laughs> yes. us. Yes. They're, they're, we can, their ears are... are at the table and they are we're joking in a corner we're in a dark bar you are with us and um happy holidays to all the bananimals this is going to come out in december and just whatever you celebrate even if it's something you made up yeah that's great like our buddy rob celebrates uh thanksmas yeah uh the, the the generic holiday it's called thanksmas the generic holiday that's very nice. I know some people that still do Festivus from the Seinfeld uh, era, and w- just you got to look forward to things in this world. So if you're if you're not a religious person, that's totally fine. If you don't if you don't celebrate any of the big three or four, that's fine. I uh, think New Year's Eve's dumb, but you know what? Every year I march out there and I do something, <laughs> <laughs> make something up, look, have something look forward to, make yourself a special little meal, do a little a, a little funny dance. Scotty and I, Scotty and I are, are looking forward to this evening when we shall dine together. We are going to Musso and Frank. Uh, in case you don't know that Los Angeles institution, it's like it's been around since like what 1905 or something. I think it's the oldest continually continuously operating restaurant in Hollywood. Uh, famous for having a booth that after rock and roll shows, Led Zeppelin or the Rolling Stones would sit in and drink and and be debaucherous all night. And I hope we get that booth tonight. Oh, I hope so. And it's like it, the 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 main dining room is a giant bar on one side, and then mm. where they fire the steaks is yes. right in front of that bar. So it's not like an alcohol bar. It is literally watch meat get fried with fire. And yep. the ceilings are probably like, I don't know, 30, legitimately yeah, 30, 30 feet 30 or tall. 40 feet, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really a very, and then you're in these like cozy little, cozy little booths, circular mm. booths. Oh. It's going to be a martini night for sure. Mm-hmm. They, they also have, and I appreciate this, though I rarely, if ever, do it, but tonight might be the night. They have menu items from the 50s, like mm-hmm. sand dabs, or yep. lobster thermidor, or baked Alaska, things that you're like your grandparents really looked forward to when you see those old menus, and it was like, it's a nickel for liver and onions. <laughs> Oysters Rockefeller. 
Yep. <laughs> a We're cheesy gonna do something. breaded oyster on the ham shell. <laughs> yeah, apparently the Rockefellers just hated the taste of oysters. <laughs> they just bury them in cream and butter and spinach and diced onion or whatever. Shallots. <laughs> oh, man. So anyways, whatever you celebrate, we're into it. Treat yourself. And thanks for listening to these mini-sodes early on Wondery Plus. Mm-hmm. So right. uh, today we have some confessions. Scotty posted. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the post today? What there were it? two. It was either I am a bad friend. So mm-hmm. confessions Ooh, about like when that. you were a bad friend. I know. That's a pretty fun one. Uh, or only me and God know about it. Man, I was just thinking about this today. This isn't okay. even a funny story. I almost want to just... I want to I want to express how bad I feel. I've been a bad friend so many times, but this 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 is one of a hundred times I've been a bad friend. <laughs> okay. Uh, to Chris Hosselt. Okay. He his brother had given. I was just such a bratty little like fifteen year old or something. Okay. okay. His brother had given him a black flag record. Sure beautiful what a beautiful gift and i snapped it in half like just not thinking about like not even thinking about like whatever it was i just snapped it in half like i was doing a bit or something i can't even remember why i did it but i snapped his black flag record in half and i just want to apologize i feel bad about that i should text chris not because he does not listen to this (laughs) as he shouldn't i lived with him for four years uh still a great friend you were friends from middle school or high school on so no reason he's heard all these stories and experienced many of them in real time uh he was definitely there for the wild sage but i i would take it a step further if i was you i would send him that record find that record mail it to him for christmas and yeah, that's a great idea. I love. And that just idea. say sorry, I broke this in 1993. <laughs> Still love you. Sorry, he's probably got a vinyl record player. Oh, I think he sure does. Yeah. All right. So it's I am a bad friend, or only me and God know about it. Okay, great. Do you have any? I have many. Go for it, Scotty. Here, I think you'll like this one. This is an outdoorsy one. In college, I went on a road trip with a friend to Carlsbad Caverns. The plan was for us to sleep in the back of my Ford Focus wagon. But when we got ready to sleep at a truck stop and pulled out our sleeping bags, we realized that the car wasn't big enough for the both of us. (laughs) I mean, that is not surprising to me. Uh, It's a Ford Focus. (laughs) Yes. Isn't it funny that Ford named a car the Fiesta? The Ford Fiesta is my favorite car name of all time. And Joe Garden had a Ford Fiesta an old Ford Fiesta that was actually the photo used in the onion for that like that drifter that got that drifter guy who that's uh, funny who like w- always wrote it a column and it was it was Joe's Ford Fiesta and he it was like a communal car it was I think from the 80s yeah and multiple people had keys he would just give me the keys and be like, it's parked under the Williamsburg Bridge like on this wow. corner. And then wow. I would just go out there, use the car, park it somewhere else, and then just wow. give him the keys back and be like, it's now parked in Park Slope on 4th Avenue between 21st and 22nd. What a great idea. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. And that makes me want to do that in Los Angeles. That is so funny. Just get an old sort of beater, a little compact two-door car that fits. And like, I should just buy a smart car, a 2005 smart car, and just be like, I made 30 (laughs) copies of the keys, guys. If you're near it, it's yours. That is so funny. I didn't know that. 
You know, Edmund Hawkins, who designed our beer label for Twin Elephant for Best in the Beersness, he once wrote to me, he texted me, and he was like, do you want a sailboat? And I was like, sure. <laughs> He's like, so I guess in the Williamsburg, near Williamsburg, Brooklyn, there's like a canal, and people that run out of money, you have boats. And then in the winter on the East Coast, you have to like dock your boat. You have yeah. to like pull it out of, and that costs a lot it's of money expensive. to store then, your boat. So mm-hmm. a lot of people ditch their sailboats in this uh, like canal or river in Brooklyn. So they're literally abandoned. And after a certain amount of time, the NYPD or whoever's in charge of that just has to get rid of these boats and they're free yeah. or they're like $100. Yep. And I... I was so tempted for so long to try to find a boat slip around Manhattan and just go buy some used 19-foot sailboat and live the dream. But it's been a... Oh, I remember there was a... There were two boats, in fact. That, like, that crew, that Madagascar crew that used to do, like, all the 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 bike kills and like they would just build robots and stuff yeah. like that that like shot fire yeah sure chris hackett uh ran it and uh some people who were around that did that got two boats in the gowanus canal and then were able to moor them in wow. the gowanus canal because someone wow. owned property that was right yeah. on the canal yeah and uh and then they would throw parties on those boats, and they were, it oh, was wild. It was wild. They were like kind of big boats, and just like they were tied together, and you could like yeah. walk a plank in between them. It was like dangerous and weird. And there's yeah. like like trance music, and it was fucking crazy. And yeah. I remember talking to some like meeting them at a, a party later, and I was like, that is so cool. And you can uh, and this always happens with people who have boats. He was just so worn down by the simple ownership of a boat. He's just like, yeah, man, but we don't know what to do with it. Like, we, you have to have a place to put the boat. And it's like, we're losing this slip. And now what do we do? I don't have $5,000 a month to moor it off of. It's a piece of shit boat, you know? (laughs) Yes, exactly. I think that was the whole thing. It still is, it's still interesting to me because, like, Boats are hilarious. My friend Melissa got one. And it, there is something so, oh, God, I don't even know the word. But, like, it's, like, archaic or whatever. It's, like, early man. It, yeah. It's, like, they, man set sail on the sea. And then they went out to search for other lands. And then you're, like, you can just buy one of those things. And you and I can get on a boat and just try to make it to Europe. <laughs> And die. I know. It is. It's so great. There's actually a really great, I think it's a This American Life about um, a kid who he's like a Russian kid, 18 or so, and he got stranded on one of the islands in Jamaica Bay. And like those islands in Jamaica Bay are. You know, you can literally see the city and everything, but you're completely isolated. There's no buildings on it, they're just tiny little like spits of land with like woods. Um, and it's a great, it's a really great story to hear him tell it. Oh, I got to check that out. Also, yeah. tons of sharks there now. I've just read a thing about shark fishermen, or fishermen there being like, whatever changed, whatever they're protecting, all the sharks are back in Jamaica Bay. Great. Yeah, good. Know, we love them. Uh, we love fish on this podcast. Anyways, okay, so <laughs> this guy. Unless it's an invasive guy, species. This all started because Ford Fiesta is my favorite name for a car ever. Um, so they were in a Ford Focus wagon. They got out to sleep at a truck stop, pulled out their sleeping bags, and realized that my car wasn't big enough for both of us to sleep in. 
My friend offered to sleep out on the gravel at the truck stop in his sleeping bag, and I happily obliged. I can't fully remember if someone walked up to him in the middle of the night (laughs) wondering what the hell he was doing, but he did survive either way. I, for one, slept great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're absolved. I love it Uh, that there wasn't, because I'm sure the guy who offered to sleep on the ground with no sleeping pad, was like was hoping, well, maybe we'll t- I'll offer and then, you know, and we'll do a shift, you know, like mm-hmm. four hours outside, then four hours inside. You know, and the guy's like, great, sounds good. See you later. Yeah, lock the doors, go to sleep. <laughs> I, it is, uh, that's early 20s and teenage years uh, road tripping when you're yes. just like, well, just sleep in the car, man. We'll oh, just yeah. sleep in the car. And then you reach like 30 and you're like, <laughs> I, no. You're like, we're not even staying in a crappy hotel. We're going to drive until we get to a nice hotel. I remember we were dri- when I was driving cross-country, I was 22 years old with my buddy Hank and my buddy Rue. Okay. Uh, I guess we left Louisville, Kentucky. We were staying at our friend mm. Calvin's house. Left Louisville, Kentucky and drove straight. I think it was our second night, maybe. We were in Galveston, Texas. For some mm. reason, we decided, like, the, the routes we were taking were just lunacy. Like, no one had anything to do in Galveston. It was no. just like, let's go see Galveston. I don't know why. And then we found just, like, some stupid roadside pay-to-camp campground. Of course. And it was just, like, a little piece of shit, like, yeah, nothing. piece of grass. Like, nothing. It was a KOA nothing. campground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and we, uh-huh. you know, we were pretty drunk. And then, and we were just like, let's, and this is Galveston, Texas. We're like, oh, let's there. sleep outside. Screw the tent. We don't need a tent tonight. It's a beautiful night. This is and insane. It was, it was so buggy. It was, it was, we woke up just covered in mosquito bites. Oh, so bad. Like Hank during the, during the night had gotten the, <laughs> he'd gotten the tent out but was just drunk enough that they couldn't mm. put be bothered to put it up. So they just wrapped the tent, <laughs> deflated tent, around himself Smart. and was trying to get away from <laughs> the bugs that way. Smart. As <laughs> an innovator. And then we never camped again after that. Yeah, I could see that. I in When I was at Camp Putak, the infamous Camp Putak, two summers. Putak? Putak. P-U-H right. apostrophe T-O-K. Sounds good. We they had like excursions, and so you could leave the main campground um, with a couple counselors or whatever, and you could go places and go camping. So we went to Harper's Ferry, which is very close, mm-hmm. and so we drive. I don't, actually, it's not very close; it's about an hour and a half or two hours away. So we go, and it's a big click of us. And, and um, you're how old at this point? Ten or eleven. Oh, okay. And w- the people that took us were like. Not our main camp counselor guys. Mm -hmm. They were people that did the excursions. And for whatever reason, these people did not realize that the 12 to 15 young kids, 8 to 12-year-olds, that they took need to eat three meals a day. They need to have food. Oh, my God. So the first night we get there, we set up tents. It's a beautiful night. near. I think we were probably in West Virginia. And... Uh, we set up a fire and he makes drop biscuits, you know, like yep. you just make the dough and you drop them into a hot oily pan and they're delicious. You put honey on them. They're great. So we all set up our tents and all divide up by boys and girls or whatever. And in the morning, no breakfast is served. We go into Harper's Ferry. What? I know. We just go into Harper's Ferry. 
which is sort of an American, for those that don't know, it's sort of a historic town uh, during the Revolutionary War. It was a very important town. And so we're walking around. There's people dressed up like old American colonialists. And there's like, I'm ye old blacksmith. And it's like, I churn the butter. And we're all hungry. And we don't have money because we're children. Yeah. And you're having like like meltdowns. There's just meltdowns are happening left and right. And no one understands why. Yes, we're and everybody's <laughs> hangry and it's very hilly. It's cobblestony. It's like hot, and we're like, "Oh, go." <laughs> so there was a group of female friends. There were five girls, and they had all grown up together, and they're really sweet. I, they were awesome, and they started singing a cappella on the street corner for spare change and money. They were so hungry, and they were good. And they, but they were making up songs uh, called "We're Best Friends." That was the name of their song. <laughs> and three of them would sing one high part, and the other ones would come in. And the end was like, "We are best friends. We are best friends. We're too much." And then they would all snap. And by like the tenth time through, they were so good, people were throwing money in like a little bowl or whatever a cup that they had on the ground. The girls made like thirty five dollars. They bought all of us hot dogs and soft pretzels. That's amazing. Eleven <laughs> like year old girls singing like doo-wop on the street basically it was so funny but we hated hated the chaperones and like that night for dinner drop biscuits it no. was like what were, yeah what it was crazy it was so insane and then the other detail about that that was really strange because we started to be like hey man are you gonna feed us um they were like hey it's cool like this is roughing it or whatever was it rained and the rain we were protected. We had like rain cover and everything, but the rain came under where our tent was and mm-hmm. all night it was just clearing out the dirt and clearing out the dirt like a little Grand Canyon. And by the morning, all three of us were just a V-shaped three boys in sleeping bags, <laughs> like creating a perfect little triangle of misery. <laughs> damp on the bottom, damp, you know, damp the underneath, worst. starving. Probably it's, the worst weekend of my life is what I'm describing. I know. And, and it bums me out so much because... If you have like, uh, if you have someone who knows what they're doing, leading kids camping, it can be yes. the most pleasant, wonderful experience because yes. there's just little tiny things you can do yes. to avoid water under your tent. It's mm-hmm. called a drop cloth, and just fold the sides up so that it, so that the tent's bigger than the cloth underneath it, and then you're dry and it's wonderful, and you feel like power empowered by it. And yes, I, I can't wait to be able to teach my kids that. Um, and it's just so crazy because I have two things that I'm passionate about Yes, for my kids. It's surfing and camping, and both of them I have to make sure because I have an over, I can be... I can be overbearing when I, when I am very excited about something. Right. And I have to make sure that I let them come to it as opposed yeah. to continually like bringing them into it. Um, cause I, yeah. you know, I'm always very, very backed away from, cause I've just had such bad experiences trying to get someone to like the things I like, especially huh. with like my wife or my dog, <laughs> yeah. my wife and my dog don't like the things I like. And I've tried so hard. <laughs> yes. But that's okay. So that look, that's like Clark Griswold's entire character. Yes. It's like, we're going to Wally world. It's awesome. And everybody's <laughs> like, all right, dad, like, all right, Clark. <laughs> So you just have, and he's a beloved American character. But he, so he's you. not successful. Do you know no, what I mean? He's not successful in making people like the thing. And I really do want to like leave my kids with that, with that appreciation for nature, really. 
But there's the opposite, too, because there's been so many times in my life where people, everybody else is so enthusiastic about something that I could truly care less about. Mm-hmm. But you just you just have to learn to get into it. Or you, so a friend of mine, like three years ago, said, like <laughs> right before the Great Choir, was, she was talking about a podcast she really liked. And I know something about one of the hosts, and that they're kind of a bad person. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, you know, that person's kind of a bad person. And she was like, you know, I'd rather not know. She's like, it's it's just better if you hadn't told me because I just don't want you to ruin the things that make me happy. And I was like, you know what? That's fair. <laughs> so now if anybody says anything, I'm just like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Get that's excited great. about it. Unless they're putting themselves in danger. Fuck yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't care. Have fun. Enjoy Look, it. Look, you love Bill Cosby's podcast? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I had a tweet like two days ago that I deleted. It was just something about being a great hugger. I was like, I'm a great hugger. I was just goofing off. And the first two comments were like, do you sound like Bill Cosby or something? So I just deleted the tweet because oh. I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, oh, don't, don't. I'm why? trying to just be silly and you're making it horrible in an instant. I know. It's 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 more difficult to be silly. It's more difficult I to know. be silly. Right? People want the morning drive radio shock jock jokes that are just so <laughs> still making Monica Lewinsky jokes. Okay. Last All right, well, one. Well, we did it. Oh, you want to okay. do a quick one? I'll send us away with one. Okay. I bought a puzzle from a charity shop for a woman I was dating. And before I gave it to her, I counted the number of pieces. There were 999 out of 1,000 pieces oh, in the box, oh. but I gave it to her anyways and said <laughs> said nothing. I am not sorry. One, crazy that you counted 999 that's the, pieces. That's the craziest part. <laughs> Two, you probably miscounted. And there's probably, <laughs> probably around 777. You said it twice. But three, you are absolved. That is, you did a very kind thing and a hilarious thing. So we're in. We're in. We absolve you. And thank you, of course, for listening to our mini-sodes. Thank you to Katie Levine, our our, our, our producer. Thank you to mm-hmm. Lisa Maggot, our intern. Full human. Full human. Full human. Thank you to everybody uh, exactly right. We love them. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you, Scott. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.